listening to a podcast from Light FM. It's a live breakfast with Asha Anon. And this month, it's very easy to get caught up in this idea of receiving gifts. Certainly, the giving of gifts as well. There's something really fundamentally nice about being able to add some shine to someone's life. But what if you could add something a lot more meaningful? So that's why we're teaming up with Kachara Soup Kitchen. And we're having a chat with Justin Chia, their marketing director. And he's going to help us understand a little bit more about what they do. So, Justin, for those who aren't aware, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and and Kachara Soup Kitchen? Well, I've been with Kachara Soup Kitchen for the past 15 years. I used to be working in the bank and running my own business until I found out about this meaningful course and I was so inspired that I wanted to volunteer. Little did I know, uh, one year later, I would be there and uh, still counting. Kachara Soup Kitchen started off way back in 2008 by going down to the streets to help the people who are actually homeless. Along the way, we also found out about uh, the marginalized individuals, uh, someone who do not have any means to prepare for their own meals, you see. Over the years, we did many things for them, apart from just profiling, getting to know them better. We also helped them by moving on from the situation that they are in, by providing them with various welfare aids, such as uh, job matching, helping them to return to their hometown, reunite it with their families, also by providing them a basic necessity such as a medical aid. After knowing more about the homeless situation in KL per se, we kind of like uh, established other hubs as well in Johor as well as in Penang where similar operations are running. And then in 2012, we established a food bank knowing that uh, the root cause of homelessness is actually poverty. So this is where we decided to move donors and also rally the public to come and donate, drive provisions, and also if there's anything that we can uh, salvage from surplus food, yeah, to extend it over to families who are in need, uh, at-risk family, we call them, because by profiling the homeless people on the streets, we realize that the main cause of homelessness is actually poverty. So in doing that, we found out more about them, that families who are actually uh, not able to earn enough uh, incomes to support their livelihood and we see cases of like hidden poor they don't really you know we don't really know much about them or realized in our daily lives until we really got into their cases so that's where we uh, also established another program in our particular this is a course where we call it as an empowerment so in 2017 we started to uh, provide some skill sets to the urban poor uh, who have already been uh, benefiting from our food bank program by teaching them with some sewing skills and then later on also with baking skills so that in hope that the so-called trainees will move on and be able to achieve this financial independency. So the next program that we are going to embark on will be education and also financial literacy to see how are we going to do better serve them as a community. So we kind of like fed into uh, six hubs. Uh, from the north, we have Penang, Ipoh, and of course, uh, the headquarters in Kuala Lumpur. And then we have uh, Malacca. We are also in Johor. And then, of course, we also have the small cell groups uh, around the nationwide. Justin, can you tell us more about the families and the communities that you serve? 
Well, the families and the communities that we are currently assisting with are those uh, generally the marginalized community where it's really hard to find them. If, if we are not on the ground, it's not so possible for us to realize that they exist. So we are talking about families who are actually not able to earn a better living, a low-income group. That's not even a B40. We realize that a lot has dropped and now probably we are serving those who are actually B20, where they are basically daily wage earners. We are talking about some uh, elderly couple living together and without much support. And then some families who are actually experiencing very difficult situation where their breadwinner is not able to work due to a medical situation. And also there are some of them who are actually literally, they just have family who is running on very high expenses. There are just too many of them in the family that the breadwinner have to support. We realize one thing that is many of them are now currently suffering because of the rise in food costs or living costs rather and uh, we are seeing some of them even to the extent of uh, considering foregoing their children's education because they just cannot afford it anymore because the bus fare also getting themselves to be ready for school is also a challenge you know this is something very basic and yet they are still struggling so it is very difficult in the sense that whatever they're seeing on the ground it is very it's a very disturbing scene actually we see many a times where families would just eat the same meal from the morning to the end of the night. And this is worrying because they are not getting the important nutrition into their meals. That is worrying and they are not eating healthily. And then most likely they are eating the same thing the whole day. And then you are talking about people not able to get a sustained uh, income, yeah, a consistent income rather, to support their lifestyle. So that itself is, is already a worrying scene, you know, especially those who are living in the urban area because many of them, they have some commitments, you know, one way or another. And some are actually even owing rentals. So it's really difficult. You've helped a lot of families over the years. Do you have any heartwarming stories to share? I do realize that uh, many people are actually suffering that. And that's why one of the main reasons I wanted to join us full time because I was so inspired by it. So along the years, right, we have seen so many, many heartwarming cases. I still can remember vividly, particularly of kids who told me, thank you, uncle, you know, for buying us this meal. We haven't been eating that much for such a long time. I was with a few children, 20 of them for an event where we organized and we gave them food while having fun in the shopping mall and then this kid came to approach me and said thank you uncle you know we haven't been eating that for such a long time we had really, really a pleasant meal so that caught me into tears actually we are seeing also single mother would come back and forth from her workplace which is about in, in the same neighborhood but by walking yeah she's a street cleaner coming back and forth every day without fail just to prepare food and take care of her son who is actually a bit ridden she is constantly struggling with his uh, stress of having to take care of his son and also the situation doesn't help where the neighborhood also uh, kind of like looked down on her. She felt that, that kind of stress as well. So you are seeing here is like not only people are witnessing poverty per se, but they are also experiencing uh, immense stress because of not able to find enough money and also the fact that uh, the community, how the people are actually looking at them. Of course, there are also some cases where the elderly couple 
who have been living together for so many years without a child of their own. You know, when suddenly the partner dies, then this person has a difficult moment. And then uh, we would come follow up with a case where we will send this particular, particular person to the shelter home. You know, then he will be very depressed. It is really bad. But uh, on a more inspiring stories, I do have like a single mother who has been working very hard to take care of us seven children and over the years we have seen her progress so well until now that her ex-husband has come back into the family and they are now able to also make a better living so it is very uh, very heartwarming so happy to have with us this morning the marketing director of Kachara Soup Kitchen Justin Chan now Justin could you tell us more about the Kachara food banks well we are located in Kuala Lumpur Penang Georgetown to be exact and then Ipoh we are also in Malacca and also Johor Bahru. These are the hubs that I've mentioned just now. And then we need a lot of donation in terms of food or monetary even to sustain our operations. We need rice, cooking oil, canned food, milk powder, biscuits. And if you can provide us even more of these quantities or, or recommend us of any food manufacturer friends that you would know who would be willing enough to donate of their uh, year expiry products so that we can continue to supply this basic basic items to the families that we have already been serving. So our food bank works like this. People will drop off their donations to us. That's where we will record it into an inventory. And then on a monthly basis, we will draw from this storage of ours and pack it into uh, bags of items where it's worth about, about 150 ringgit per set to families. And also that is also depending on their size on a monthly basis to them, you know, so that they can save up whatever income that they have now. They save it from buying these items and they are able to spend it on to whatever that is needed. We already have a pretty good idea of how we can support things by uh, making contributions to the food banks, but what are other ways that people can help support uh, Kachara Soup Kitchen? Well, the members of public can come and volunteer their time in our soup kitchen or food bank program, or if they have any friends that they know in the food and beverages industry, they can actually share our cost to them to link us up so that we can see if they can donate their near expiry products to us. We are also working with hypermarkets these days to collect any surplus produce. So that can be also uh, one of the ways that people can volunteer their time to help us to collect and channel to those in need. Lastly, and to like our Facebook or social media per se, and share it around your community so that more people can be connected to our cause. People can also come forward to donate to our cause, can log on to our website www.kacharsoupkitchen.com to find out more about our activities and also donate to us and to help us to continue to help the poor because this is the time where we really feel the pinch now uh, where everyone is feeling it. We felt that it's even more compelling for us to now do it, uh, to make it happen for those in need. Next year, we're going to be embarking on educating the Orang Asli children and also see are we going to be able to help the urban poor to understand a little bit more about financial literacy. So there's a lot of exciting projects coming up actually for next year and uh, we are so into looking forward because we have been trying to find more ways to see how are we able to help make their lives better for the lack of better work. 
Well, thank you very much, Justin. It's been completely illuminating. You can listen to this again on the Light Breakfast podcast. That's on the Shock app. That's S-Y-O-K. This morning, we were speaking with Justin Chia, Marketing Director of Kachara Soup Kitchen. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.